You're listening to The Mindset Impact with the opportunist, Deshaun Williams, where we help you achieve that positive mentality in difficult times. Hello, everyone. My name is Deshaun Williams, and I am your host for the Mindset Impact Podcast, where we bring you inspiration, information, along with determination. And we are ranked in the top 2.5% of all podcasts globally. Today, we have a special guest. He is a good friend of mine and colleague in wrestling. His name is Ace Harris. So without further ado, let's go ahead and introduce him. All right. How are you today? What's up, brother? How are you? I'm I'm here. I'm tired. I've been up since about two a.m. this morning, but I'm <laughs> I'm here. Uh, man, I hear you. It's been I got up about six this morning, so oh well, about seven. Excuse me. Ain't that I had a uh, I ain't had a as long a day as you, but you know. Yeah, I've been I've been up since, I've been up since two o'clock. Like, let me watch this new show. Let me um, and then. As I was sitting, like, you know, I've been trying to get this new book cover squared away. So, two o'clock in the morning. Hey, which one is better? It's been a wild day. Um, and it's far from over, probably. So, let, tell the audience a little bit about yourself, if you don't mind. All right. Well, uh, my name is Ace Harris. I am a professional independent wrestler. I've uh, been doing it. I got trained in about 2012, 2013, wrestled for about a year and a half, took time away from it and uh, really got back at it about two years ago. And uh, in about the last year, it's really picked up for me. So um, I love my family outside of wrestling. I love my family. Um, my stepson just had a new baby girl. So that makes two. So there's that. Um, so family and wrestling, that's about it. And I love my family inside wrestling, too. Uh, in case I don't get to shout anybody out later on, everybody that I uh, get to share the locker room with, I love you guys. Even if he's hit you with the stunner more times than one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sometimes... Sometimes somebody needs to get hit with a stunner, you know, change their attitude a little bit. You know what I mean? That is true. Get hit with a stunner or um, get hit with the what they decided to name my move, the dethrone. So you get hit with one of them, you automatically going to change your attitude. Um, That's right. So I know in our previous conversations – now, if you don't want to get into it, that's fine. But um, you grew up watch, watching wrestling. But also, um, I know that your your brother wrestled. Now, where I'm getting at with this is, you know, I'm adopted. So I think the one question that I've always had was, are you adopted or is your brother adopted? Well, um, first of all, I probably have no problem getting into this. Um, we get it asked that a lot of times, but we're actually, we actually grew up together. Uh, we we got the same mom, different dad. So half brothers, I guess, but um, we went through everything together that we've been through um, since we was, I was a baby. Uh, we're actually a year and two weeks apart. So, you know, he's always been there since I was born. And um, I think that everything that we went through, uh, if we hadn't been able to go through that together, uh, things would be a lot different for the both of us. So, uh, but yeah, we're blood related. Um, we went through foster homes together, same ones. At, at one time, there was talk of splitting us up. And then my my biological aunt uh, decided to take us in and 
take care of us and before too long we got adopted and you know things went from there yeah i, I know sometimes it can be a touchy subject that's why i was if that's why i said if you were not okay talking about it that was perfectly fine um i think ever since i met you i was like um are they blood related or one of them adopted um but you know being adopted i definitely understand you know um most people don't realize this about me but i actually have a brother i need to call and check up on him since hurricane ian came in and destroyed all oh, yeah. of florida pretty much um but i think he was he stayed in st pete so i, th I think he was on the safe side but um prayers yeah, still gotta give him a call though yeah I, prayers go out to everyone that was um in miami um glad i was not in daytona this previous week Glad i was man i seen me, me and my family, we love to go down to uh, Myrtle Beach a lot. And I just seen videos just of Myrtle Beach. And I said, wow, this is, you know, it it impacted Florida like 10 times worse. I couldn't imagine, you know. And I seen the pictures and news and stuff like that. And and it is very, it's very sad and heartbreaking. It really is. It is. And, you know, I actually went to um, Miami about two years ago in the middle of a pandemic. I'm taking a flight to Miami, Florida. And I never realized that Miami was right there, like at the tip of Florida. It's like, no wonder oh, yeah. they have this nice beach. They're right there at the Atlantic Ocean near the Gulf of Mexico. Like, you have two different options right there beside you. Um, Miami can definitely be a nice place to stay, but it can also be a dangerous place. Um, so, this is the reason why I say this. When I went to Miami, the hotel I stayed that me and a few friends stayed in, it was literally down the road from a shootout like two days previous. And I was like, we not going out of the hotel room after dark. So. <laughs> I don't blame you. There was a couple of people I know on uh, social media who had went out to, uh, I believe it was Carowinds or Six Flags. And they had a couple shootings out there. And, um, man, you can't go anywhere, it seems, nowadays, you know, without there being some kind of risk or fear or something, you know what I mean? It's it's crazy. Oh, we, yeah. we talked about, we talked about, you know, growing up and stuff earlier and stuff like that. Man, I, I miss those times back then, you know. It was a different world. You know, you could walk up to anybody back then. And, um, of course, you, you're a little older than I am. I'm 24. Uh, be 25 in February. Getting yeah. that ring you met, I already feel like I'm about 35. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you can't just walk up to people anymore like you used to. No, no. Because you never know what they're packing. That's right. Um, so you went to Lawrence High School, correct? Yes, I did. Uh, I went to 96 high school, but I went to Lawrence High School once for student council. Um, okay. Lawrence High School is, is nice. It's different. Um, stayed in the news a lot the yes. past few years. Not for good things either. Um, but it's it's definitely gotten back to where it needs to be so is lawrence your hometown no actually um me and my brother we was we was born in providence rhode island um lived there until i was 14. Uh, i graduated eighth grade in 2004 moved we moved to south carolina because of some family things um my actually, you know, I, I can go ahead and talk about it. My my mom, my adopted mom had got remarried because my adopted father had passed away. And uh the dude she married was from Texas. Uh they was he came up from Texas on a bus, bro. And like when he stepped off the bus, 
And we was gone. We we was at the bus station to pick him up. He stepped off the bus, bro. He was looking like a cowboy, bro. Like George Strait stepping off the bus. Cowboy hat, like buckle, everything. And he come up and he was like, How y'all doing? You know? And if you know, if you know my brother, he's got that, he's got he's still got that strong like Yankee accent. You can hear yeah. it. My mom. My mom, she's she's bad about it, and uh, of course I had it. But when when I met my my stepfather, the guy that became my stepfather, you know, I was like, uh, I mocked everything he said. You know, I wanted to talk just like him because he was a cowboy, you know. And uh, so we ended up moving to South Carolina, and uh, I actually started high school in Traveler's Rest. Uh, that's where I started my ninth grade year. Uh, but I had gotten, I was young and stupid and, uh, I thought I was better than my parents. So I got in some trouble and, um, had to go to this little camp and stuff. Uh, so when I got out, we had moved to Lawrence and my mom's like, well, you're going to Lawrence high school. So I started my 10th grade year out there. And I loved it because I was in ROTC. They had that ROTC program, and um, it was pretty cool. I wasn't into football or baseball or anything like that. So ROTC was like, that was my go-to. And that's pretty much all I did in high school was get in in trouble and ROTC and chase girls. Well, I think I chased girls more than I – uh, paid attention in school but i graduated and, and that's what my my mom like that's the only thing she asked to me and my brother she's like y'all please just graduate high school you know because we had such a rough beginning and a lot of people gave up on us so uh being able to graduate that was cool i was and seeing my mom smile that was that was awesome yeah, that, that's definitely awesome. So you said that you went into football and baseball. So I have a question. What what do you what do you think about people that play soccer? What do you like? What was your opinion on guys that played soccer? Well, I had a couple of friends that played soccer. Um, and first of all, all the props to in the world to them people who play soccer because it takes a lot, of, just like wrestling, it takes a lot of cardio, but it takes a lot more running. And I was never a fan of running. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I could kick a ball and stuff, but uh, my aim was terrible. You know, most people who know me, they know I got like a, I got a lazy eye. So my aim was terrible. Um, but the people that play soccer, uh, this it, it's really amazing to see once it comes together, you know. Uh, take something special. I tell you that. I, I can attest to this. Learning how to work in a wrestling ring is a lot easier than knowing all the fundamentals on a soccer field. The reason I know this, I played soccer my uh, sophomore and junior year. I actually got suspended from high school the end of my junior year and it disqualified me from playing soccer my entire senior year. So <laughs> I wow. was a badass back in school. <laughs> wow. And uh, I remember the very first position they put me in, I was a wing. So the wing plays both offense and defense. So you're running the field the entire time. Right. And I remember after that game, I said, coach, I will never play a wing ever again. I was not conditioned for it, like drinking sodas, eating whatever I wanted to. I'm not about to run the soccer field the entire time. Play soccer because I ain't want to play football. Because I ain't right. going to be in the room. Even though I tried to play football my senior year, I got disqualified from that too. Um, because of the same thing. Um but also, they told me I was not big enough to be a running back, which they weren't wrong. Like, I was probably <laughs> a little bit skinnier then than what I am now. So, you have a 5'8", 130 guy 
being your halfback, yeah, we're gonna run into some into some troubles. Right. I can't catch what's for crap. Uh, so I wasn't gonna be a wide receiver. Wasn't gonna be a kicker because I can't kick a field goal to save my life. Uh, I always told, I always hit the ball with my toe. Um, right. Me too. Same problem I have. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we used to get called sand fairies because <laughs> um, it was like, what guys play soccer? I was like, you know, we're running because we're running after a ball compared to cross country, a track where you're just running for fun. Yeah. Which I, run. I don't like to run. You probably you probably can tell that in the wrestling ring. <laughs> I did not I did not like to run. Like I would run a few times and then I'm like, okay, we done. But uh, I always tell I always tell people if you see me running, you better run too because something's chasing me. I am not just gonna run. You know, besides wrestling, I'm just gonna run for the fun of it. You know, of course, you know training and stuff like that. But that was never my fun. Uh, my strong suit was running. I'd rather. Mm-hmm. I'd rather lift weights, but you know I didn't really do that much in high school either. But look, um, I think the only time I truly decided that I wanted to lift weights, I was taking weightlifting. It was a weightlifting class full of guys, two females. That was all that was in the class. There's one female. I had a extreme crush on, and she comes over there. So most people don't realize this about me if they haven't followed me for the past four years. Um, Deshaun is my stage name. DeMarco is my real name. But she walks up to me and she says, you got this, DeMarco. So, you know, I'm I'm like, okay, we got to show up now. Because I could never squat no more than like 135. Like I was squatting my weight already. So I was like, okay. And, you know, the, the boys back there hyped me up. You got this. You got this. You got this. I got 185 on the bar total. And I'm just squatting, no problem. Paid for it later. Went to go deadlift. Deadlift about two, 225, 250. Um, I probably can't do that now because I haven't deadlifted in almost seven years right so um i probably could if i really put my back into it and my legs into it but i don't want to try um <laughs> it, it's there's things that you would do to try to get a girl's attention so chasing females i definitely understand um you know being on the soccer team being on student council uh and then other things that I was doing alongside it, it put you in the spotlight. So like, you're like famous. And it's like, okay, how can I capitalize on this? Then trying to be a rapper in high school, you know, we all did something that we, right, that we knew that we were not good at in high school. Miles was rapping. Um. Ice JJ Fish got more rhythm than I do when it comes to rounds. <laughs> so, uh, but I was called Prodigy. That tattoo is actually right there. Um, but, you know, uh, I think growing up, I always told people, I was like, I don't care what I do. I just want to be a wrestler. I was like, I want to go to the WWE. I want to be just like the Undertaker. The Undertaker was standing about almost seven foot tall, about 299 pounds. Oh, yeah. Far Undertaker. Um, more like Ricochet. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, you're more, you're more closer to him than Undertaker. But, hey, I can't fault you there. Growing up, you know, um, my first – match that I could recall ever really paying attention to was uh, Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels in the Ironman match at WrestleMania. Um, I loved that match. I loved Bret Hart. Didn't really care for Shawn Michaels at the time. 
but kind of grew on me. Um, and The Undertaker, when I saw The Undertaker for the first time, like, I was scared, bro. Like, I remember I was sitting in the living room with my parents. We was watching wrestling. The Undertaker come out. Music hit. Um, I didn't want no part of it. Uh, it terrified me. But then I'd kind of peek around and watch him wrestle. And, uh, you know, as a kid and not knowing what wrestling like I know it now, uh, I was like, you couldn't tell me that he wasn't killing them people, you know, that he wrestled. Right. But then you see him on TV well. again. Chose you see him on TV, putting him in the caskets, you know. Uh, I remember the Buried Alive match where he lost, but then he, his hand came out. And I was like, I was like, man, how do you do that? They really killed him. You know, I was dumb. But uh, wrestling has always been that crutch for me you know what I mean like no matter what happened going back as a kid no matter what happened growing up it seemed like I always had I found that peace in watching wrestling you know and yeah. it just mesmerized by what I saw on the TV and I've always been a WWE guy I've never really you know, I watched WCW and stuff but not as much as I did the you know Attitude Era, Monday Night Raw, you know. Um, and I didn't really get into AEW at first. I'm kind of a slow, uh, I kind of like, you know, I just kind of like what I like, you know. And, uh, but now that I get, I watch all this other stuff and, I, and I, that I wrestle myself, it's kind of like, wow. Like, you know, uh, some of the things that I'm watching now from back in the day. It's so damn interesting, bro. Like, I can't keep my eyes off the TV. Oh, yeah. So, back in the Attitude Era, what do you think was the biggest thing that all students in high school got in trouble for? Um, probably fighting in Lawrence. Sure. Yeah, in Lawrence, probably fighting. 96, too. Um, I remember going to high school and we're just up there doing the degeneration X, just, and it was like, do it again. You're going to ISS, which was in school suspension. Um, 96 had a, they had to change the after school um, detention name because at one point it was called after school suspension. So, of course, you know what the abbreviation was. It was ass. After school suspension, <laughs> ASS. It was like, it was like it's after school detention. I was like, y'all were smart on changing that name. Um, a lot of people actually came to after school detention for doing the degeneration X uh, symbol for suck it. And it was so funny. Like, they would go up to teachers and just do it and I was like oh my goodness um, I remember the very I was probably in 7th or 8th grade when I finally got truly into wrestling um, and it was it was wild um, I remember seeing Mark Henry out there um, I was like, wow, that's a, that's a big dude. Um, yeah. I didn't know, I didn't know Rock from, like, the only way I knew Rock was from his acting. It took really? research. Yeah, I did not know that Rock actually wrestled, because I was always like, how did he get the nickname of Rock? Like, how, like, where did this come from? Like, I know Dwayne Johnson, but who is the Rock? And so, Upon doing further research, I was like, okay, he is uh, he has a long lineage of hair of family that has came through WWE and getting into like watching his stuff, I was like, he's a real asshole in, in wrestling. It's like he works it. 
But my oh, favorite wrestler at the time was uh I'm not gonna say the full line, but uh just from this promo, uh you'll know who I'm talking about. Um after we get down with Lance Luger, Hogan, we're coming for you. <laughs> oh yeah, Booker T. Booker T always one of my favorites. Um and I think it was just because um you know, Booker T had a rough life, but he made something out of himself. But that boy had fun during his King of the Ring. Uh, oh, yeah, for, King Booker. Yes. I, that, that was a while. Uh, but another person that had fun during that King of the Ring tournament, well, King of the Ring time was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Can oh, never yeah. forget it. Uh, Austin 316 says, I just whooped your ass. And I was like, okay. Oh, everybody loves Stone Cold, man. And and I love Stone Cold too, but you know, uh, man, he was just such, he was so loved by everybody, you know, because like it it said time and time again, like everybody wants to stun their boss. Who doesn't want to give their boss a stunner, you know? (laughs) Who who doesn't want to stick it to their boss sometimes? I just want to. There's a few jobs I just want to knock the everlasting shit out of them. So, but you talk about, I mean, you said to talk about, you know, your favorite wrestler was The Undertaker. Um, that was one of your favorites, too. Uh, and he's one of mine, but another guy that I didn't really care for growing up, but right about the evolution stage was Triple H. I really started. To like, you know, what I always, I always respected him. Like, I knew, like, it, when he was going to be in the ring, it was going to be a good match. But I didn't really like it. Uh, but once I started seeing what he was doing with Evolution and his work there, and um, he had those matches with Shawn Michaels, the Hell in the Cell, the Three Stages of Hell, you know, all those matches. Um, I was like, okay. You know, I started paying attention to him. And uh, so, for me, it was Triple H and The Undertaker. Really, those are my two favorites. But The Rock, you said you didn't know The Rock wrestled. I remember when The Rock um, was with the Nation of Domination. I remember when he was Rocky Maivia. Uh People really didn't like him. You know, they they was like, like kind of like they did with Roman Reigns, kind of like they did with John Cena. Oh, you're shoving him down our throats. But, you know, then when he kind of turned that against him, I don't think anybody kind of seen that type of promo work up until that point that The Rock was doing. Uh, my brother loved The Rock, and he used to have this Rock, the most electrifying man DVD. And one of the DVDs, it was a three set. And on the last one, I believe it was just nothing but The Rock's promos. And man, we used to, I think we burned a hole in that CD or that DVD watching that so many times. Yeah. Um, I ain't gonna lie. Um, I actually, so 96 was weird. Uh, You could go check out books on different wrestlers from my school library. And one of them was Triple H. I hated Triple H during his uh, royalty from from Britain or London, I believe it was. I hated that stint from him. when he became the game, I was like, yeah, I can get behind it. But he was trying to play royalty. I was like, this, this just doesn't fit him. Um, but, you know, you have, you have a lot of good talent out there. You have a lot of underrated, underrated talent. And then you just got a force to be reckoned with in the wrestling business, which was, which is, um, how did he, how did he say? A big ass country boy, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Brock Lesnar. Man was a beast. Man is oh, yeah. still a beast. And now you got Roman Reigns and, Jimmy and Jay Uso and Solo Sequoia 
and that That's honorary oose. The honorary oose. That's right. He's my favorite thing right now about uh, Friday Night SmackDown. Sami Zayn, that's my favorite thing going right now. Yeah. Uh, I kind of like Seth Rollins at this moment because you never, like, can't tell if he's a face or if he's a heel. He's just kind of like right down that border. He's just Seth freaking Rollins, man. Yeah, that's like all, you know, there is to it. Yeah, he's just Seth, but watching him come out with the different, um, with the different attire every week. You don't know if he's going to come out with feathers behind him or if he's going to come out with a suit. You just you never know. Um, and then I also like the Icons team. I hated the oh, way yeah. WWE did him, but I love hey, he's getting Hey, he's getting his... Uh... He's getting his what's his in AEW, you know. I think he's yeah. like what sixty something years old, and he's still going strong. So you know, hey, yeah, yeah. All our childhood heroes getting ready to retire: Randy Orton, John Cena. I didn't realize John Cena was in like his late forties. Yeah, it's like forty-five, forty-six, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, him and Orton about the same age. Um, actually, I think everyone that went through the OVW um, class is about the same age. Batista's yeah. like the only one that didn't. Batista's probably a little bit older. <laughs> Give me what Blue I want. Oh, Blutista. Um, but let's let's get to the. Let's get to your wrestling career. Um, so I met you about been about two years ago. Um, mm. down in Clinton, South Carolina, when we were working for Octavius. Um and uh saw some good matches out of you. I also took my first bump from you. Um <laughs> if you ever want to see somebody botch a stunner as bad as Vince McMahon, I probably can find that video from you for you and send it over to you. Just ask me. I got yeah. it. I took a stunner like a like an RKO. I, I died on it. <laughs> and I was trying to stay in character, but you know, I'm, I'm kind of checking over my shoulder like, hey, man. Did I just, you did I just kill this guy? <laughs> I had never no, killed him before. So I didn't know what I was doing. Um, all I remember is I was told, don't oversell it like The Rock. No need. I sold it like Vince McMahon. <laughs> at least you didn't do that one like happened to him at uh, what, WrestleMania. Yes. That when was they, a this terrible <laughs> botch. But um, yeah, man. Uh, so, yeah, it's been about two years. And you was actually... I think I met you before that time. I stunned you the show before that. Yeah, you was yeah, and, and uh, I, I met you at the show where one man army was going in a last man standing match with Jane Self Standard, and he climbed <laughs> on top of the refrigerator. <laughs> Me and you, we just talked about this. <laughs> well, that, dangerous memories. <laughs> when um you know I first like I said when I first started wrestling it was for SCW Entertainment out of Greenwood uh Brandon Lawton uh, TJ Boss um they they had a hand in training me wrestle uh Brian White uh he helped me referee uh so when it, me and my brother we started training for SCW um uh, like I said, I watched wrestling all my life. I said, I, I thought I'm gonna go in here and know everything about it. Plus, you know, growing up with my friends, we wrestled in the backyard on the trampoline all the time. Uh, I never foot stepped foot in a wrestling room before. I started training for SCW. Uh, when I stepped in the ring, 
like I said, TJ Boss was training us. He uh, he said, take a bump. And they say that when you when you take your first bump, it's gonna let you know, you know. Uh, and when I did it, I was so out of shape, dude. Like I'm not I'm not skinny and in shape by no means now, but I mean I was fat, and I was so out of shape, bro. And when I when I took that bump, like I loved it. But then once we started, you know, I was like, I was ready to wrestle. I was like, I just want to slam people. I just want to do do me. And uh, they're like, no, you got you got to do some training. You know, you can't just go in here and do that. You're gonna hurt somebody. So uh, it was about a six month thing that we was going back and forth, uh, and there was a couple other guys, and they was teaching us the basics, um, the rights and the wrongs, the do's and don'ts, whatever. Uh, my brother actually got his first match out of all of us guys, and I was so jealous. I messaged the promoter. I think his name was Josh Chilton at the time, and I was like, you know, I want, you know, whose who's ass I got a kiss to get my match first, you know, because me and my brother, we started at the same time. I was so jealous. I was like, anybody could throw a suplex. And he said, oh, really? So it was, a, uh, they had a show in, uh, Man, I can't think of it. Somewhere in Greenwood, they had a show. It was at a fire department, and uh, they had a little upstairs area. Josh Chilton pulls me upstairs. He says, we're going to have a meeting, TJ Bosses and everything. He said, uh, you said anybody could throw a suplex, right? I said, yeah, anybody could do this. He's like, well, what side do you throw a suplex on? I was like, my right side, of course. I'm thinking, you're going to throw it on your strong side. I'm right-handed. That's my strong side. He's like, you're wrong. Everything you do in wrestling, you know, psychology or whatever, I guess, it's on your left side. You're wrong. You don't know nothing. You know, you're you're a piece of crap. <laughs> and uh, they could have kicked me out right there, but they was like, you're not nowhere near ready. And so I, it was about a month later I had my, first match and I when I walked through a little curtain I, I was like uh, I, a lot of people don't know now because that was years ago but I, I used to be called Country Boy Fresh Ace Harris uh, I, man, I didn't know who I was bro when I walked through the curtain going out there I used to tell people get on your feet uh, you know you know who I am I wasn't nobody I thought you know I was a superstar <laughs> That's what I felt like. But, you know, things happened with that. Uh, like I said, I was cocky. They kind of kicked me out of wrestling because I kind of, uh, like I said, I had a bad attitude. And the only way I could be around it was if I refereed, you know. Uh, and at the time, I was like, I won't be no referee. I'm a wrestler, you know. And this was what me and you was talking about on the first day I met you. I said, I didn't want to be a referee. But once I got in there, and I started to referee. I started to understand psychology a little bit more. Um, I was nervous because you know you're the when you're the referee, you're the man that makes the calls. Everything's really on you, you know. Right. Um, and so I was, I was, I was nervous all all the time. You know, I refereed for about a year, got back to wrestling again, feuded with my brother. And then the wrestling company I wrestled for kind of fizzled out. And like I said earlier, I didn't wrestle for years until uh, Octavius got a hold of me. He was like, hey, I'm doing this thing called CMW. And uh, why don't you check it out? And I checked it out and went down and wrestled for him. Uh, the first person I wrestled in, in, after not wrestled for years was Cat Daddy. And so uh, we're, in, we're in the ring and I totally forgot everything, bro. We had this match planned out. I totally forgot everything. And a match that was supposed to be 10 minutes long ended up being a minute and a half. Uh, so that was kind of like, damn. Maybe I ain't as good as I am say I am, you know, as I think I am. Uh, and then, you know, just as well as I do, that the, that the flag that CMW got, you know, uh, and still does get um, – there was people that they don't acknowledge CMW as a real wrestling promotion. But at right. the time that was, that was all that I had. You know? 
And I knew about APW, but I never really went out there, you know, never really was like, okay, let's go. Uh, never really traveled anywhere to wrestle. So then I meet, I, I meet Octavius, uh, and, you know, he don't run the shows every month or, you know, he, he takes breaks in between shows. So we was, uh, we was probably on a three or four month break and he got this little set up and that's where I met you at. And, you know, we did the gym thing, uh, and packle it. And I met some guys, AJ Frost and, um, What's his name? Jet Morris. They can't, they, who wrestled for APW, and they're well-known around South Carolina and North Carolina. Um, they was like, why don't you come to the Piedmont Interstate Fair? It was last October. Why don't you come to the fair? I said, uh, okay, who am I wrestling for? You're wrestling for Chief J. Eagle. At the, you know, APW's going to be there. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. So I went out there, and I wrestled. Um Jay Stone and had fun. That was the first time I was in front of a lot of people because, you know, CMW, they was doing more live shows, like tapings. They right. wasn't really doing live shows. So this was the first time in years that I wrestled in front of more than 10 people. Uh, and I loved every minute of it. It was just a different feeling. Well, I still didn't have that confidence. You know, I still second guessing myself, but uh Chief J. Eagle says, Why don't you come back tomorrow? I'll put you in the ring again. I said, okay. I go back, I wrestle Jay Stunner. We basically had the same match that we had the night before. But everything went good. I went to APW the next week, wrestled Jay Stunner again. Um that's where I met I met Sheik uh at Barbershaw. And he told me about this promotion that's in Orangeburg that's only about an hour away from where I live. He invited me to come out there, and uh, I did. Uh, it was October, probably October 20th of last year. And from the minute I walked in the locker room, I, excuse me, from the minute I started talking to Sheik, I was like, damn, this is a place I want to be. The minute I walked into the locker room, the people that's there and there's people there from APW. There's people there from places in North Carolina and CMW as well. Um, but you know, just as well as I do walking into that locker room, it was, it was different. It wasn't, it was different than what I was used to in SCW. It was different than CMW because, you know, we was just trying to get going with CMW again. And, uh, man, I, if it wasn't for Sheik, Invite me to go out there. I probably wouldn't have done it as consecutive as I had, as I have done over the last year. Um, you know, and I tell people all the time that TJ Boss trained me, Brian White and Brandon Lawton. But if I could take a minute and just talk about Orangeburg for a minute, uh, Sheik has and Ronnie York, they run that promotion out there. You know, AWS. Uh, she runs Five Star Pro Wrestling and GWL. Uh, those are YouTube tape shows. Um, but they brought out, they seen something in me and like brought out my confidence in the ring. Uh, they, you know, they, they refreshed me up on the basics. But then, like, they saw that I had the passion to do it. And the passion to be in that ring and man, they just took me to a whole nother level. And uh so, you know, I owe a whole lot of thanks to them two guys. Um, you know, and a thanks to Octavius because you know Octavius uh being a promoter of CMW, me and him went to war. Oh God. Every show last year over the CMW title. Yes. And I wasn't in I wasn't even supposed to be in that position to show him, you know, uh, my brother was supposed to be in that position, but my brother messed around and got hurt. Um, and, uh, I got put in that position and Octavius trusted me to be the guy to 
be the face of his company. And, and you know, I'm not cocky about this, uh, this or anything, but when Octavius, you know, was like, okay, you're the guy. A lot of people, like I said, and he has said, they're like, well, CMW ain't nothing. This really don't count as nothing. But to me, it meant something. It meant that, you know, this guy who, you know, he gives a lot of chances to guys that maybe other promoters would look over. Um, but this guy, he, he entrusted me to do this. And so when I, when I won that belt, that's kind of what made me want to go out there and become better because a lot of people talked about mine, Octavius, uh, mine and Octavius's match. And I think homecoming, no, not homecoming, mm-hmm. destination glory. Uh, neither one of us deserve to be in that ring, this and that. Um, and I've heard a lot of people tell me, oh, you know, you didn't deserve to hold that belt. I mean, people told me with your height and your weight, you know, you're probably not going to be anything but like a mid Carter or, a, or a, a jobber, you know, enhancement talent. But Octavius didn't see that. He saw more in me. So, he, you know, and I, I took the title out to Orangeburg and, Sheik let me defend it out there, and you know I kind of take credit a little bit for putting Octavius and Sheik together a little bit, you know, and you know I think uh, Octavius and Sheik they have a good relationship now. Octavius comes out of Orangeburg and does his shows, um, and it's kind of getting CMW a little bit more traction, you know. Um, right. And you know, but I don't take if it wasn't for you, I would have never met Sheik, so. Well, you know, like I said, we're just two of the guys of many of the guys that Sheik has helped out and amazing talent in Orangeburg. Uh, I can't name them all in this podcast, but, you know, uh, some of them like Hugh Dash, Monster Malcolm, Steve Allen, um, the Ramirez brothers, you know, those guys. Every time they wrestle, they blow the roof off the place. And here lately, AWS has been the place to be in Orangeburg on Saturday nights. Yes. Uh, and I have to give it to the Ramirez brothers because uh, they haven't been in the business all that long. And they are they are killing it. Oh, yeah. I'll give it to then, them. Uh, then there's <laughs> me. <laughs> it's still like... I know what I should be doing, but I'm not confident. But you're getting there, you know. Um, like with you just said, with your confidence, the same thing as me, man. Like sometimes you get in there and you overthink what you're going to do, you know. Um, but you got to listen. Yeah, well, sometimes you got to take you know other things into consideration like that, but you know. All in all, you're learning, you know, you're taking what Sheik tells you, you're taking what other people tell you, and you're putting it to use. Um, you've just joined one hell of a group. Uh, the guys the guys that you're in that group with, man, <laughs> I mean, Cat Daddy, Big Rick, and the new AWS champion, KL3, they obliviated Riker at the last show. Well, we obliviated anybody. Yeah, yeah. Quan Bailey. Um, well, we. Who's that? That that lithium dude in the mask. Yeah. Um, we also got a dynamite kid, dynamite. Uh, and Riker. Yeah, well, see, the difference between them guys and me is I know when to stay clear. You know, I know when y'all are coming. You know, that's not where I want to be at at that time. So, yeah, you know, um, playing it pretty smart say, right now. Everybody stayed down except for one person. And that was my opponent. He didn't. After taking a butt whooping, he walked out on his own power. Well, he, 
y'all y'all showed him though y'all showed him y'all dominance after you <laughs> the one thing about y'all is expect the unexpected i guess right right um ready to see where this where this faction is gonna go um you know it's only two members of this group that don't have gold and um me and him sitting out like Booker T. We coming for the gold. <laughs> well, this is, you know, you talked about the Ramirez brothers earlier. You know, they dethroned me and Ronnie York for the tag titles at AWS at the last show. So they got the target on their back now. And with NG, with Big Rick, and yourselves lurking for gold, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I don't have it for once. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, I, I I'm glad I'm on this side of Big Rip because I don't want to take that world's strongest slam. No, nobody I, does. The last thing I want to do is get attacked by Cat Daddy, KL Three, Big Rick, and I kind of look out of place because like it's this one skinny guy. But he's fast. That's all that matters. He's fast as hell. Um, yeah. Last comes in the ring. Last comes in the ring with a chair, and I just brought across the ring. Yeah, you. That was a little. Uh, I got a little giggle out of that when I seen that. I was like, "Look at him go!" Yeah. You got uh, these monstrous guys beside you, but you gone, bro. Look. So the thing about it is. As last is coming into the ring, I'm like partially in and partially out. I got one leg out of the room. And I look down, and here comes last sliding into the ring with the steel chair. He just looks at me, flashes a smile. I'm like, gotta go. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't got time to get hit with a steel chair tonight, sir. Well, um, that's probably what you bring to the table. You got the brains of the group. Yeah, like, um, and it's so funny because I run straight at Bubba and Dixie, and Bubba tries to grab me, and I just get like straight out of his grasp. It, it was nope. so hilarious. <laughs> um, but you know, with Five Star and GWL and AWS. It, it helps. Um, it definitely helps the talent because it helps you. You can go back and watch spots that you may have missed, um, where you may have com- miscommunicated, um, things of that nature. Um, right. And so you can see the things that you need to get better on. Um but it's also fun during the live shows, especially being an asshole. And the kids are telling you, you suck. And you want to tell them, well, unfortunately, your your mother didn't. Oh, God. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you're just like, um, <laughs> just like, I can't say that. Um, I don't know how much backlash that would get me. Um, but Well, see, I, I get it a little different because, you know, they love me in Orangeburg. It seems like, you know, the, when I go out there, it seems every time I go out there, the louder they get. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm thankful to have them with me than against me uh, because, you know, I, I don't know. Some of, them, some of them kids, man, they can say some hurtful things. Okay. They can. Um, it's a, it's quite a few out there that um, I'll say some hurtful things, and you know you gotta, you gotta play, like, you gotta play, you gotta play your role. And then there's people out there that will try to get you to laugh, and you're just like, <clears throat> just walking off. And um, yeah. But I just remember that beat down that we put on Quan. And I just remember telling him, like, um, 
beating you was not my number one goal. My number one goal was hurting you. De La Rosa 211 says, find something safe to do. And like that came up like literally 15 minutes before the match. Me and yeah. Rick, like, Big Rick was like, you know, you should use that as your catchphrase, find something safe to do. I was like, well, I got to use the last name, got to use a verse. It's like, so KMD, last name is De La Rosa. So why not do 211? Because that's actually my birth month and my birth date. So right. De La Rosa 211 says, find something safe to do. Um, but that same day, you won the um, you won the five star pro wrestling championship. Uh, yeah, I did. Yep, it seems like you know, I was uh, I was running a little late getting to the show, you know, and uh, kind of scurrying to get my stuff on because you know I was one of the first matches out and. Uh, Ended up picking up the title, so you know, once again, heavyweight champion, different promotion, but uh, still the same, you know, just as much as a privilege as it was for CMW, you know. Um, most definitely, and, and I know uh, that I know that it targets on my back now, you know, I'm used to it, so yeah, I'm I'm coming for that goal, you know, bit written coming forward. Oh, I know, um, I know. <laughs> I'm just holding. I'm just holding it for somebody. I'm just holding it for somebody. Yeah, uh, I'm holding it for somebody. And you know, when when you get a championship, um, you know, we all fantasize about. Man, I would love to be a champion. But when you get that championship, you start to realize just how much responsibility comes with it how many people are gunning for you to get that championship from either around your waist or from around your shoulders uh if you're like me you weigh a buck 35 and you're skinny as hell and the title don't go around your waist so you got to have it around your shoulder but knowing that as a bad guy you have to do everything that you possibly can to keep that title around around my shoulder so and knowing that, you know, you got to cut the promos. Um, you get, you got to give the fans what they want. Oh, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, you know, the fans are why we do what we do. You know, if they wasn't there, what was the purpose? Oh, yeah. Um, I think there there's always... There was a move that I've always wanted to do, but my size would never allow me to do it. But there's several moves. There's the spear, there's the jackhammer, and uh, the L5. I probably yeah, could do I... the L5 if I build up some muscle, but I'll never be able to do Goldberg's jackhammer. Well, if you build up that muscle, you can. Yeah, you, you can do it, bro. Don't ever say you can't, bro. Like, you know, hey, you one of the people that should know that. Build up that muscle. I think you can do it. Yeah, look at Chico. Hey, look at what Chico and and um, Matthew did to me in that tag match. They held me up for at least 45 seconds. I was upside down screaming for Ronnie. And they're, they're string beans, bro. Well, if I remember correctly, Ronnie called him the Mexican jumping beans. <laughs> yeah, see, Ronnie York, you know, and this is where this is where uh, we go back, you know, to kayfabe here for the people that, you know. But Ronnie York, he runs his mouth, you know, and he likes to hit the people with the kendo sticks and this and that. He was so busy in that match making fun of the Ramirez brothers, not worrying about getting tagged in, and that's why we didn't even win the match, bro. We lost the tag team titles because of Ronnie York. And then he wants to go on and make these videos, call him saying I look like an eight-year-old boy with a snot bubble in my mouth. Hey, I just want to make this clear because I know 
I know you talked to Ronnie York too. You know, Ronnie says he taught me everything I know. Well, I got another thing for him. He says that I turned my back on the rugged aces. He's the one that can't win a match without beating people with a kendo stick. He tells me after the match, we're going to jump these boys. Why we had to jump them boys, Ronnie? And then he wants to well, shake my hand. He wants to shake my hand like he's proud of what we did. I can't put my name on that. And they want to push on me. Ronnie York messed up. Oh, God, he messed up. <laughs> well, um, what I can definitely tell you is I think it's best to stay out of um, out of the path of NG because um, I owe Ronnie a receipt. My debut at AWS, I get colored by a cookie sheet. I most I definitely that. owe him a receipt. Don't know when. Don't know. Yeah.